Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Still don't have to do an intro, and that's our new thing about intros. Um, (laughs) so weird. I'm just so used to, like taking a sort of a slow breath until I hear you say, hi, I'm Spencer. And with these, it's just, (laughs) I forgotten how to breathe. How do we breathe? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Hey everybody. Uh, welcome back. Uh, this is another weekly jump episode and, uh, these have been going really great. Um, it, it, it's, it seems like people are really, uh, really down with these. And I, I think, I think the thing that is getting me the most excited about it is that we've had people respond back like, oh, I had never heard of this or I didn't know this was coming out and now I want to check it out. Yeah. And I'm just like, yes, yeah, it's been that's what the- we wanted. <laughs> yeah. One of the great challenges of this show that we have been doing up until we started doing Weekly Jump because of our uh, Geekly Grand collaboration is that we wanted to talk about more anime than the sort of show's format allowed. And so this has been really great because it's like with our regular Friday shows, we get to watch a whole series from start to finish and like dig deep and really like love it. And with these, it's like we get to create a huge backlog of things that we're excited about that we maybe never would have gotten around to uh, while also, you know, being a little bit more current with the things that we're talking about. So it's pretty great. All right. And I am I'm ready to go because I am I am so pumped because this is a second week where everything that I watched is actually good and one of the things I read I already had read so I I will will gush over it the appropriate amount. Um well that's, well, but, that's good cuz that means that you can also talk about how it develops. Yeah. Anyways, uh, now we're going to start out with our screen times this week, and I got to watch a gem, and let me tell you why. Because I got to watch a hero no Sora, and I'm definitely pronouncing that wrong, but this is an anime all about basketball. And if you don't know anything about me, I like a couple of things, and one of them is the Grizzlies in Memphis... <laughs> And so I love basketball and I watch a lot of basketball. And if you like basketball at all, you had a super unfun time this week watching the end of the NBA finals because it was boring as hell because the Lakers just beat the Christ, like the absolute Christ out of the heat in game six. It was a mess. Um, but that's not what this anime is about, but it is. Um, this anime is, uh, so it starts out by watching, uh, uh, following our, our main character. Um, he is this kind of plucky short guy. Um, his name is Sora. Um, and, uh, you, if you know anything about basketball, um, you immediately are like, oh, he's going to be a point guard. Um, because point guards are the only people that are be allowed to be underneath six foot tall, basically in, you know, NBA basketball. <laughs> Yeah, like competitively, not maybe in like high school or something. Yeah, even in college though, like <laughs> it's tough. If you're if you're if you're shorter than six foot tall, um, be prepared to either be fast in a point guard or not get to play, um, because that's <laughs> that's what's going to happen to you. Um, maybe but, if you have like an insane shot, you could be like one of the other guards. 
Yeah. Well, okay. So, so here's the thing about this show. And it's one of the reasons why I think it, it, it immediately resonated with me. Um, not only is it, uh, super fun to watch because the characters are very, very unique. Um, so Sora is, you know, the, the plucky shonen character that you really love. Um, he has a lot of emotion. He is very, very likable. Um, he is also, um, uh, someone with a, a deep, dark past in the, in the sense that something sad has happened to him. Um, but we don't know exactly what it is. Um, and inside of the first episode, he talks all about how, um, uh, he, he needs the, the shoes that he wears so that he can fly. And I'm just like, Oh, that's really cool. Um, it, it starts out with the, like five guys coming up to him and them being like, okay, give us all your money. And he's like, I'm going to take you all on <laughs> one at a time, five on one. And then it like cuts to the next scene. And he just has like, he's, he just, got laid out and he's just like laying there on the ground being like, oh, well, at least they didn't take this. And then somebody else walks up and he's just like, Oh, I see that they didn't take that. And he's just like, no, you can't take this. And he's like, it's okay. I've been down here waiting for a girl. She was supposed to meet me at five o'clock. And he's like, Oh, well it's, it's almost five o'clock anyways. And he was like, that means I've been here for almost 24 hours. Oh my God. She didn't show up. So this guy's name is Chiaki. Um, he is uh, officially my favorite character in the first couple of episodes of the show. Um, he is uh, he is a character that we are going to find out that he is a twin brother of another character, but they look absolutely nothing alike. So they're definitely fraternal. Um, <laughs> but uh, they uh, he he kind of befriends Sora and they go to school together. And then it turns out that Sora is starting at this new school. Um, and he wants to be a part of the basketball team at the school. Um, but it, it, it actually turns out that the basketball team at the school is just a, a ruse because you have to, um, be part of a club or a sport if you are part of the school at all. And so this gang of kind of ruffian guys has taken over the basketball club. And instead of actually playing basketball, they're just like, we come over here to hang out and we don't play basketball. Um, and so they beat him up a little bit and then tie him up and, or like leave him in the practice room or like the, I guess it's the locker room. Um, and he's just waiting inside of there. And then two things happen. <laughs> One, he decides that it, he's bored and also the basketballs have not been taken care of inside this locker room. So he's going to polish all of them. And then two, he notices that there's a hole in the wall. And if he looks through it, there's like the women's changing room next door. And he's just like, oh, there are a bunch of perverts. And he just kind of like walks back over to <laughs> the hole really, in the wall. That's a nice inversion of what usually happens when anime <laughs> dudes find holes in the wall that look into girls' back, like. <laughs> Usually those dudes are the ones that perv out like immediately, regardless yeah. of any other character traits that may have exhibited before then. <laughs> so like, so number one, he, he goes back to look through the hole in the wall because he's, you know, a, a little bit perverted. Well, he's a yeah. high school freshman, you know? Um, and then it like cuts back and it turns out that there's a second hole that's like higher up and Chiaki is there and he's just staring through the hole in the wall. <laughs> and he's like, when did you get here? And he's just like, Oh, I fell asleep in one of the lockers. It's all right though. <laughs> and he's like, like, don't look through, don't make and then look through holes in the walls at other people's changing spaces, but also yeah, don't do that. You know, like teenagers, 
they shouldn't do it, <laughs> but like I get it, and they should stop. But I, you know, it's understandable. We we have all had impulses like that from one time or another. <laughs> anyways, um, so uh, so so anyways, um, uh, he he is gonna Chiaki and Sora are gonna have a conversation about how Sora is like, I don't care what happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna play basketball here no matter what because these shoes are my wings and the wings are gonna take me on the streams of my dreams. So he, he doesn't really Jordan say commercial. that, but yeah, he's basically doing. He, at one point, somebody says, "Just do it." I'm not joking with <laughs> oh you. <my> um, <laughs> and then uh, okay, so so they're like, "Well, we're locked in here," and Chiaki's like, "What do you mean we're locked in here?" And he just kicks the door open. <laughs> <laughs> and like um they go into uh the basketball court and uh the the gang of ruffians is there and they're like hey we said that you couldn't play basketball here we don't play basketball here nobody plays basketball here unless you're on the girls team and he's just like screw you i don't care what you say um i'm gonna play you for it five on one and it's like a inversion of what happened at the very start um and then he like puts on his shoes he 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 like um there's also a, a a really touching flashback moment where you find out that his his mom who we haven't seen yet and it kind of seems like she may have died i don't know yet um but she gave him her shoes um and she was like a very like a very uh good college basketball player um and so he puts on these shoes and after he laces them up he's like yeah i'm i feel great um and uh and he goes to play five on one. And instead of it being like the five ruffian tough guys, um, it is four on one. Um, and one of the people that is included is obviously the love interest um, because he he saw her through the hole in the wall. And he's like, she looks like a supermodel. Um, and then later on, one of the episodes uh, or in this episode, she's just like, you need to um, you need to watch out for these guys. Uh, take care of yourself. I don't want to see you get hurt. And I was just like, no, oh, this is going to be a love interest. Um but she uh, is forced to play on the five-on-one against uh, Sora. And Sora does a, a really cool sequence um, where he's he does like a, a couple of... Uh, if you don't know anything about basketball, um, he does a couple of things, and I'll try to explain what they are. Um, he does what's called a dribble drive. Um, so he dribbles, uh, he dribbles forward, um, and then he does um, a stutter step. And uh, so he just takes like... He takes a step and then leans into that step. Um, and then he does uh, a pass fake. So he he pushes his hand with the ball to the right and or sorry, to the left. And as the, uh, the player is watching his hand move to the left, he turns his, the ball over in his hand and changes direction of his dribble. Um, and so he's able to go around him. Um, they also talk about this thing. They call it like a, a duck dive at some point. Um where he's just going to split the defense. Um, but really all, all that that is, is just like, you know, uh, being able to uh, split the defense or, you know, um, I, I, I've never heard it called a duck dive before. And I watch a lot of basketball. Um, I also don't play basketball. So, you know, uh, there's, there's been talk of in the future of doing like a, I don't know anything about basketball podcasts. <laughs> I love it, but I don't understand it 100%. Um, But this is one of those animes that I am like, it's about sports. It's about the sport I love. And I'm like, okay, 
it's finally that time where I'm going to pick up a sports anime and I'm going to go in. Um, and I, I legitimately think this is the one because I love Haikyuu. Um, you're gonna, but my, you're going to do a, my, a full court press on, on this anime. Oh, huh? Shut up, you idiot. <laughs> um, but my, my biggest thing that always hung me up about Haikyuu is that I just don't care about the sport as much. And so it doesn't, it didn't like connect with me as much. And so I, I think that he, there's also one that's like about ping pong that's supposed to be really good. Yeah, that's supposed um, to be good. But I, I just don't care about ping pong is the biggest problem. Um, so it's, it's like, it's like when you're watching the Olympics and you're just like, okay, just get to the events that I actually want to watch. I don't want to watch another sprint. Um, I don't want to watch people do the shot put. I don't want to watch people. I want to watch them do fencing because it's ridiculous. You just want to watch them do the ribbon gymnastics. Yeah. Just ribbon gymnastics, exclusively ribbons, 24 Um, hours, three months, only ribbon gymnastics, just ribbon gymnastics. Anyways, that's my review on it. It's fantastic. I haven't seen it. Uh, I did not know what it was. I had to Google it to see if it was a show that, you know, sometimes they like list the shows with the Japanese names, but then the name gets um, translated for the uh, localization. And so I was like, okay, what is this show? And then I, I thought you were going to hate it because I forgot how big of a fan of basketball you are. And I know how not big of a fan of sports anime you generally are. Yes, uh, but except you know, for Haikyuu, I, because I love Haikyuu, except for I can't watch it a, a, enough because I'm like, I, I so so the big problem with Haikyuu that I've run into, I know I'm going on a diatribe about this, but stick with me. Um, I, I think that the reason why it loses me is that I don't like Slice of Life. And because mm-hmm. I don't like Slice of Life, you need to hook me with another piece of bait Otherwise, I'm going to eventually get bored and swim away. And this one is just like, it's slice of life. They're also sort of doing battle in a basketball way. But also, I love basketball. <laughs> so Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I since I haven't seen this, but I have read the first 10 or so chapters of Haikyuu, I have found that Haikyuu is really great. And for me, I don't watch sports. I find watching sports to be an inherently boring activity. And I could watch maybe one game every once in a while. But even an entire game starts to really drain me. I have played sports mostly casually, although I was on my high school basketball team for a year. Um, So I've actually played basketball. It is potential that I might really like this anime. Uh, Maybe we should keep this in mind for when we need to replace uh, Hunter x Hunter. But um, also, uh, I love Haikyuu. And I I have played a little bit of casual, like, you know, rec league volleyball. Um, So I, I understand what it is like to play it. But in no way do I understand the sort of like techniques and strategies and stuff that they're discussing in that series, even at that early state. But it's so endearing because the characters are endearing and because they do a good job of treating these games in the same way that a good fight is treated in a shonen battle anime. Um, So it sounds like this is kind of up there with that and you just have more of a personal stake in basketball. And yeah, that's exactly the reason I bring that up is that I don't have much of a personal stake in volleyball. Like I can put myself into certain situations that they have in Haikyuu. But it's just because I've played a little bit of very casual, not very skilled volleyball. Um, but I don't care about like watching sports. So 
uh, a show where the point is not to play the sports and have fun with your friends, but to watch other characters play the sports is a bit of a hard sell. Haikyuu has sold me. So I uh, I suspect I would probably like this too if it's that same level of quality. What are you doing yeah. deleting stuff? I'm moving I'm moving the one of the manga around so we're doing one and then the other. Don't don't freak out. Don't freak out everybody. Stuff is happening in the background. Um wow. anyways, I I would say uh this is one that I am definitely going to jump fully into. Um and with that being said, let's get to one that I'm excited about but it sounds like you had mixed emotions about. Yeah, I uh, I had thought I was going to watch the first three episodes, and then I watched the first episode, and I was like, I just don't want to watch anymore. I didn't not like it. So this this show is called A Certain Scientific Railgun, and I have really mixed feelings about this because the first ha- – like, so the premise is interesting. There's a city it, – it's set in this fictional city. It's like Academy City or something like that, so named because like 80% of the populace is students. So uh, that's not super important, but uh, what is important is that some of these students that are our protagonists are going to a school where at least part of the time they learn to develop their Esper powers, because it seems like people have access to psychic powers in this world. I get the impression that anybody does. I don't remember them listing any limitations or any... I don't know, criteria or trials or, you know, heart-shaped herbs that you have to ingest or anything like that. Like, it just seems like people have access to it. Heart-shaped herbs? Are you making reference to Black Panther? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, just like any... Rest in peace, man. No, it's too soon. I I couldn't even reference it. I couldn't even reference it. It's it's hard, (sighs) man. I was listening to, like, an old episode of, uh, of Mostly Nitpicking, the podcast that has the Nando V Movies guy from YouTube on it. And uh, they were talking about Black Panther and like when they first saw it, like it was from when Black Panther came out and they were doing a review episode. And it was like they started talking about like this movie was like so successful and like Wakanda is clearly going to be really important and Black Panthers are clearly going to be really important. I was like, man, this is hard to listen to in 2020. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, Okay. A a certain scientific (laughs) railgun. So here's something interesting. This is like a spinoff interquill series. Interquill is a weird word. It. It's not a prequel. It's not a sequel. It's an interquel, meaning that it's taking place concurrently with the main series. I think it has actually technically a prequel at the beginning, but then it starts to take place alongside the main series. The main series is wait, called wait, wait. a certain. Huh? What's the what's the main series? That's what I was about to ask you. Yeah, it's called a certain magical index. Okay. Uh, this is a series that's been pretty popular. It's been running for a little while. It is a series of light novels, although I believe there's a manga adaptation, and I. If I interpreted this correctly, a certain scientific railgun is a manga spinoff of the light novel series. Um, so it may have light novels, but I believe it originated as a manga um, and spinning off of the popularity. This light novel series, too, which a light novel is like it's a short novel, like, uh, you know, two, three hundred pages, something like that. Uh, probably like young adult uh, reading level. These are these are meant to be the sort of airplane books that you can pick up and, and tear through really quickly without too much um, rereading to make sure you fully comprehend or anything like that. So uh, the light novel series is like 24 books in it, which is a lot. Uh, it also has a manga spinoff of a certain magical index that's been going for a while. And then the manga spinoff of uh, a certain scientific railgun is at like 16 volumes and counting. It's an ongoing series. This thing's been gone for a while. Uh, the an- anime has several seasons. So I watched the first episode of the first season And I just, here's why I have mixed feelings. And it goes back to what you were saying 
where slice of life just is a hard sell for me. Um, I weirdly Wait, this sounds like, super shonen. It's 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 slice of life. It is both. I would say based off of the first episode, uh, this is actually a show that I might need to revisit at some point. Uh, if we ever do revisitations for these, we might need to put that on there or, or, you know, trade it off to you and see what you think. Because so it sounded like they, basically the the episode starts up the first minute or two to explains here's the city and there are like super powered individuals in it. And then you see there's sort of this like chase sequence where a character is part of this uh, this uh, organization that's basically like a, a psychic police force. And she's running around trying to like apprehend these criminals. And she finally comes upon where they are and they've already been taken out by this other girl. So it's a good intro. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. It was definitely not what I was expecting because I had these preconceived notions about what the series was that were like so wrong. Uh, Then it just cuts to like these, the characters are middle school girls and they are at their middle school and they're kind of testing their psychic powers, but not in like a, it doesn't. It does not remind one of like that sequence in My Hero Academia where they're doing the different like tests to see how far their powers go, and it, it just it doesn't. It, it's just uh, the test is happening in the background where the characters kind of establish themselves and their relationships, and then they're kind of like I don't know. There's a new CD out. Maybe we'll go get the CD. But then this one character is like super strong. Like they have tier lists, and she's one of only seven tier fives. I don't know if it's tier five or level five or something like that, but she's basically an omega level mutant kind of thing. And she's famous for this because that's crazy. There's so few. And they're like, oh, well, I was going to go meet her. And the other one's like, oh, I always wanted to meet her. And so it's like this, it's not uninteresting, but I was just like, I don't know these people. Like I'm not invested. I haven't been pulled in yet. So I was having a really hard time, like following from the perspective not that it was confusing but that i was just like why do i care like i i I kept thinking like i'm watching this because i have to watch it for the podcast but like it's it hasn't grabbed me yet and then there's this whole like kind of kind of cute joke where like the super powerful girl is like obsessed with these little tchotchkes and they they like get a flyer that there's this new crepe stand that's handing out like little keychains of their mascot and she really wants one and so they do this like cute little middle school girl slice life adventure to go get the crepe mascot and then while they're there a bank robbery takes place and then all of a sudden it's like high quality shonen action and the dude what? is like a pyromancer that can like shoot fire out and the, the now girl... i'm like so on yes <laughs> and so like i was like oh shit and then it like the animation quality jumps a little bit which it wasn't low quality but it just like there wasn't a lot of movement there wasn't a lot going on uh, cause it was just kind of like slice of life, middle school girls hanging out. And then all of a sudden, like the, you know, the girl that's part of the police force like vanishes and it turns out she's a teleporter and she has like send bonds needles and she threatens to teleport one inside the guy if he doesn't surrender. And I'm shit, like, this now is I'm going to have cool. to watch this shit, man. <laughs> I was really intrigued by it. And then, uh, and then it, you know, uh, turns out the other girl that is the, 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 the level five one is the main character and is her code name is Railgun. So that's, uh, what the title is referring to because she is like an electromancer. And so she oh, does this dope. sweet ass thing where she like, she, there's a car that's like barreling down on her with one of the bank robbers that's, that's going to get away and it's going to, I guess, run her over in the, in the getting away. And so mm. she does this thing where she like flips a coin in the air and points 
And I guess once the coin falls in front of her finger, just like there's a bolt of lightning and the car like Stranger Things style flips up and over her. And it's like very cool. This was a very good action sequence. And I sat there and the episode was over and I was like, okay, I want to watch another episode of that. And I believe that what I'm going to watch is another episode of the first half that did not hold my interest. And I really yeah. don't want to sit through another one of those, but like describe, like I, this is why I'm saying like, this is not like Goblin Slayer where I, I kind of just did not enjoy it. And, you know, obviously mm. there were other aspects of that that we went into, but like, even once we got past that, I was just like, this isn't bad. It's just not what I want. Yeah. I think this is, I think this is definitely a case of needs more roughing up. I, yeah, I think maybe- this is one I definitely want, I want to visit as well. Um, and I propose that, I propose that what we do is we do a flip for next week. So this is going to be a first for weekly jump, you guys. But for our anime, I suggest that Blake watches what I just watched, and then I watch Certain Scientific Railgun, and we'll meet back and discuss here in a week. Well, uh, <laughs> that is an interesting idea. I think we should do that. And I was going to say, give us your feedback if you think that's a good idea, but we will have already recorded the episode before you hear this one or by the time you're able to hear this one. So, uh, you know, give us your feedback, but know that we're not going to be able to change that. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's um, get into our page flip. Yeah. And I definitely, <laughs> I was just going to say that my last word on that is it, it had awesome shown in action. And I, it was also, I had, uh, I had preconceived notions of this show it wasn't what I expected, but some of my preconceived notions were that it was just kind of like fluffy shonen nonsense. There's also some weird kind of creepy romantic aspects from one of the middle school girls to another one. Kind of reminded me of that like lesbian classmate in Bleach that like her only character trait is that she uncomfortably and inappropriately hits on Orihime. Uh, there was a little bit of that. And so that was kind of a turnoff. And so I just, it was my understanding of this show was that it wasn't going to be something I enjoyed. And then the first half of it wasn't something that I enjoyed very much, although it had some bright spots. Then the little, you know, the climax, the act three was this great shonen battle. And, and again, it just came down to the fact that like, it didn't grab me. And the only reason I kept watching it was because I knew I needed to watch the episode for this show tonight or, you know, whenever you're listening to that, don't worry tonight. And then, <laughs> I, you know, and then the shonen scene happened and I was like, that's almost enough to get me to watch another episode. And it is enough to get me to feel really conflicted about the fact that I didn't. Uh, and honestly, if I had been feeling like less tired, I probably would have. Yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into our page flips then, because we've been talking too long about this. Oh. Um, and the reason why I want to get into this one the most is because I fucking love One Punch Man. And I get to talk about where One Punch Man left off after we stopped watching it in the anime version of it. Um, I will say a couple of things about the anime first and foremost. Um, The anime season one is a treasured gem of mine. Um, It might be one of my favorite short one season um, arcs of an anime that I've ever seen ever. Um, It is fantastic and beautiful and nothing anybody can say can detract from that. Um, the second season is done by a different studio and the quality is worse and it frustrates the hell out of me to no end. However, 
This is where it gets great, because instead of doing any of that and watching the anime, watch the first season, may or may not watch the second season, you should read all of the manga, <laughs> because the manga is good, and it stays good, and then it gets better, and then it gets more ridiculous and more battly, and then you get more different villains and more superheroes, and all of them have different superpowers and different things that they do, and it is great, and there is more in-depth like love for each one of these different characters, and then there is my favorite thing of all time, which is <laughs> tank top heroes. <laughs> I love them so much. And there's there's like the the leader of the tank tops and he has like a, like 20 different tank top people that are underneath him and they're all like meeting and they're just like, "Oh, what's what's the tank top hero going to tell us today? Tell us your tank top wisdom." And he's like, "I'm going back into the fight." And then he turns around and he flexes his back muscles and it like flitters the tank top a little bit and there he walks away and they're all like reading the tea leaves of what it means of his tank top moving that way and it's just like i just i love it so much oh my god one punch man is just uh, just a gem um the i will say that the the second arc so the major first major arc if you've never if you've never watched one punch man do it um if you'd rather read it, um, there are two main arcs that have happened so far. Um, the very first arc is going to be uh, Saitama um, kind of getting into where Saitama is, um, and it leads to a culmination of him uh, fighting against a giant alien spaceship. Um, and Saitama, if you don't know, um, he is a man that is so powerful that he can defeat any villain with a single punch. Q One Punch Man. Um, he goes by Saitama, though he does not go by One Punch Man. There is a great, <laughs> there is a great manga chapter recently where somebody is just like, "What's your su- what's your superhero name?" And he's just like, he starts to come up with the superhero name, and then he's just like, "No, that's dumb." And he's like, "I'm Saitama," and they're like, "That's a bad superhero name." And he's just like, "Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. And I, I think that this, I think that the arc that they're in right now is better than the first arc. And I think the biggest reason why is that it, it deviates from that whole thing where it's just like all about Saitama all the time. And instead there's, there's whole chapters that are just about the different superheroes who actually have to fight their way up against villains. They're not able to just completely overpower people out of nowhere, but that doesn't mean there's not going to be great hijinks and fantastically drawn fight sequences. There is just the most amazing fight sequences drawn inside of this manga. And I, I think that this is, this is probably going to go down as like one of the best manga, um, definitely in the two thousands, but I, I would rank this in like my top 10 of manga of all time. All right. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah, I've heard really good things. I haven't watched or I haven't read it yet myself. Uh, it's also worth noting that one, the creator of one punch man, drew his original manga, which might be a manhua. I'm not sure of the exact literal criteria of that definition, but uh, it was like a web comic. And one is famous for being a really good storyteller and a really shitty artist. And then the manga that we are talking about is the Shonen Jump manga that uh, one writes, but then it is translated into art by someone else. So it, it's uh, animation or it, it is uh 
well, I guess animation, uh, its illustration quality is very high, whereas one, the original series, is like known for lower quality uh, illustrations. Yeah. Okay. So with all of that being said, Blake, tell me about how you felt about this. Because I've read some of these chapters already, and I, I really am legitimately interested to know what you think about this. This yeah. is Blake's Plage Fit. This is another one where I only read the first one because I couldn't decide how I feel felt about it, but I did know that I didn't want to do any more right now. So uh, this is the My Hero Academia spinoff, My Hero Academia Vigilantes. Uh, I have been very curious about this for some time because uh, I love My Hero Academia. We both do. This is well-trod territory on our show, although we have not technically covered it. Oh, well, I guess we did it on our first weekly jump, right? Um, so, you know, My Hero Academia is a not only a huge smash hit across the world and a fan favorite, but it is also a favorite of your two lovable hosts here. Uh, My Hero Academia Vigilantes appeals to me because it uses it's not the same creative team, but the, they're doing a real good job of the main creator's art style. And uh, I love superheroes. I just love them. It's one of the things that I like. It's one of the reasons that I like shonen battle anime, because they are, you know, interesting, colorful characters with cool and exciting powers. And that's just superheroes. And, you know, the fact that, you know, they happen to be ninjas in a ninja world or pirates on an endless sea, like, that's just, you know, they're just uh, superheroes that aren't in New York. Uh, so it, it's, I love, I fucking love superheroes. It's like one of my favorite, it's probably my favorite thing. Like if it has superheroes in it, I am interested and you can lose my interest, but uh, you will gain it by having superheroes involved. So, uh, so anyway, vigilantes, it's interesting. I guess I technically read two chapters because there's a, a there's a 0.5 chapter prologue kind of thing that is mostly introducing the idea of these characters uh, through a sort of framing device of the My Hero Academia main characters that we know talking about vigilanteism as a concept. So if you don't know, in My Hero Academia, uh, most of the world has developed superhero powers called quirks. Well, I guess they're not all heroic powers. Some of them are pretty mundane, but some of the people with those quirks decide to become superheroes to fight some of the other people who have decided to become villains. And so in this first sort of prologue half chapter, they talk about the idea of vigilantes and basically the idea that you see a lot in other you know Western superhero comics of these uh, these are superpowered people that are kind of taking the law into their own hands uh, and serving as vigilantes to mete out justice because they uh, believe that they can do so uh, more effectively or cover more territory than just leaving it up to law enforcement. Um, and so you see that a lot, especially like Batman. This is very, very central to Batman's story is the idea that like he should be leaving it to the police, but uh, he's not because he's he's meeting out vigilante justice for his own reasons. Um, so th the universe of My Hero Academia has advanced from the point when quirks first appeared and people with powers started testing them out and trying to become heroes and villains. Uh, and now there is a hero association that regulates heroes and their activities. And so the, this prologue chapter is all about the idea of vigilantism has switched from something that is heroic to something that is villainous, not because they are necessarily trying to do something villainous, like hurt people or steal things or whatever, but because they are going outside of the law. 
And uh, in the course of that, it introduces us to our main characters, which are three different characters. Uh, And then the first chapter focuses on the one who's clearly going to be our main, main character. Uh, And this is where the series struggled for me. One of the things that I love about superpowered individuals, but particularly anime, is that anime has a tendency to do much more limited powers and use them in much more creative ways. It also has a tendency to have a higher concentration of characters who have powers that feel odd or interesting or even uh, not that powerful and too limited to make something of it. And then they make something of it anyways. Um, That's not always the case. Obviously, I think Deku is a good example of that not being the case. Uh, Actually, all three of the big ones in, in his class, Deku and Todoroki and Bakugo, are all just super powerful. But like Ochaka... Uh, or sorry, Ochako is not very powerful, but she is powerful enough to twist it in a creative way and give Bakugo a run for his money at one point. Uh, that's something that I love about anime. And you get things like Darker Than Black, where they're really twisting the idea of using powers in cool, cool ways. With these characters, it feels like an entire series of filler arcs is going to be my first impression. Because their powers are interesting, but they seem really atypically weighted toward quirkiness uh, in the colloquial sense, not in the in-universe sense of quirks. Uh, As in relation to the main character, his power is that he can sort of slide across the ground, kind of like a, I don't know, like a hockey puck. Uh, He likens himself to a bicycle at one point. But he can't go that fast. He can only go about the speed of somebody on a bicycle and potentially (laughs) not even somebody pushing themselves on a bicycle. And he has to have three of his four limbs touching the ground in order to do it. So he has to crouch down and people keep referring to him as like a cockroach. And then he just kind of like glides. Um, And that it feels like the kind of thing where you could see some really cool stuff coming out of it. Like he gets faster or he's able to sort of launch himself. But it just... And it's, you know, in its initial current iteration, it's it's a quirk where you it feels less like a creative open blank page and more like a creative uh, backed into a corner kind of thing where you're just like, where can this go? That's going to be like super cool. Um, And then there's a dude whose power seems to be related to doing super punches. And then there's a girl who can bounce really high. And so it's just like their powers aren't uninteresting, but they are super basic. And it's really hard to understand like where they're going to come from. It's kind of like the naval laser guy. Uh, but even then, his, his power, I don't know. It just, it just feels like it feels like when you get to a filler arc in you know Naruto or One Piece or Bleach or whatever, when you're watching it, suddenly these characters come out with the with powers that feel just like like they came from a slightly different creative space than the ones you're used to seeing in the main series. And they also, there's often in my experience, the sense that these are powers that were okayed. Like these, these were powers that were submitted to or by the creator as things that would not step on the creator's toes when they wanted to use it in the main series. So there's the sense that like these powers are almost inherently more limited or less, have less places to go because the main series exists. And this is kind of existing in service to that main series instead of trying to like usurp it. And that 
sounds like a really unfair critique, and I didn't read that much, so I hate to say it. And what I did read, I did not enjoy it. But I also was kind of like, where is this going? Like, what do I... Like, I don't know. I just don't have a sense of what to expect. And what I expected before I started to read it was, I want to know what these characters' powers are. Because discovering the powers is one of my favorite things about anime and about uh, superheroes. And once you discover them, that's the point when you want when you're hoping that that discovery has led to exciting story potential. And the story potential that I feel we got to at the end of the first chapter was I've now answered the un, uh, you know the previously unanswered exciting hook question of what can these characters do, and now. I don't feel like there is a new exciting hook to draw me further because I feel like the hook is just the premise of the the series, which is we are going to fight crime, but we're doing it as vigilantes. Uh, and in fact, the main character is resistant to that idea. So I would assume the next chapter or two will, will focus on him being unwittingly pulled into it or convinced that he should. And I don't know, it just, it feels like well-trod territory and, one thing that I love about My Hero Academia is that it is able to just string inspirational, breathtaking uh, character beats with plot twists and just moves the story along at a breakneck pace in a way that like takes moments that in other anime are kind of boring or skippable and makes them exciting or moving. And in this series, it just, yeah, the the first chapter and a half, it just feels like it has that filler sensibility where you're like, this is somebody trying to play in an established play play box or sandbox or whatever you want to use, but that yeah. does not have the freedom to, to take it and run because the, the main sandbox is still in use. Yeah. I would say, I would say this, this is going to be one of those ones that I, I am will probably eventually read all the way through. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because I love the My Hero Academia universe so much. It's it's one of those things where when I got caught up with My Hero, I was just like, okay, I'll pick it up. Like it's it's one of those things where it's it, it's 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 very, very reminiscent of what happens to me when I read a really fantastic arc inside of X-Men. Where it's just like I'll I'll read that arc in uh, the X-Men comic book and I'll be like, okay, I love this universe. I want to pick up a different part of the X-Men universe. Um, and so I'm going to pick it up again and it might not have all of the characters that I want inside of it. It might be like a spinoff series like um, like Storm or reading the the one about Emma Frost. Um, but it's it's something that I'm going to end up picking up eventually. And I, I'm just like, it's, it's the way I am. Um, but I, I totally I totally get that about Vigilantes. And I also I get frustrated by it um, because I didn't know that it wasn't uh, done by the same original creator of My Hero Academia. Um, I thought it was being done like concurrently with like the, you know, the sign off of the original creator, um, which kind of bums me out and also gets me less excited about it. So I, I don't know if that's going to turn you off completely, but I'm I'm one of those people that I will eventually read it because I know that I want to. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm definitely going to pick this up at some point but i'm not chomping at the bit to do so i also it's been running for a little bit and it's still running and so i suspect that it will at some point meet critical mass and have an anime adaptation itself if for no other reason than my hero academia is so popular that this will be popular enough by default 
Yeah. Um, okay. So, so I think I think this one needs more roughing up. Yeah. But we really, really need to get into this last one, which is our yeah. tag team of the week, because Blake is um, going to have some things to say about it, and I have some differing opinions. So How here much we go. Did you watch. <laughs> so I watched the first two episodes of it. Okay. And the I watched and, the first five episodes of it. Okay, and I feel like I feel like I get where Blake is coming from on this because we watched the great, or it's just called Great Pretender. I think it is the Great Pretender, and I just didn't write the V, but you'll find it if you look for Great Pretender. No, it's it's just Great Pretender. Okay. Um. So this is an anime. Um. Which if you if you've never seen it before, it's on uh, net, not a sponsor. Um. And it is number one. The animation is fantastic. Yeah, Let's just it get reminds that right one off the of Dimension Twelve. Dimension, sorry, Dimension W. Yeah, not District Twelve, Dimension W, where they do this like cool artsy thing with like their backgrounds and have mm-hmm. like very fluid character animation. Yeah. Um, the second thing about it, and one of the reasons that it really tugs at my heartstrings, is that the soundtrack for it is great. Um, and not just like regular great, it's like the quality level of something like a bebop. Um, uh, it, it really plays around with the style of music that it touches. It does a lot of jazz, but it also plays around with other different styles. And it does this really crazy thing where they're just like, some characters are speaking with an accent in English or they're speaking French or they're speaking Japanese. That blew and then my mind. And then all of a sudden, the show in the first episode is just like, by the way, everybody's going to be speaking Japanese from this point forward. And I was just like, nah. <laughs> oh, do you watch the sub, huh? Huh? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, I watched the sub. Um, I watched and- the dub. It is also okay. one of the best dubs I've ever seen. Yeah. It's and I- phenomenal. I, I hear that the dub is also very good on it. I was reading up on this uh, series after watching the first two episodes because I was very intrigued. Um, but uh, I do you do you want to do you want to go into the the gush or do you want to go into my? I want to hear you first because I am going to say I have nothing but praise for this. So I want to okay. talk. I want to end on a high note. All right. So here is here is my issues with it, and I think it's because of the headspace that I was in. Um, that makes this makes this series not what I want to watch today. And here's why. So I was like, okay, I, I know that I'm going to watch this show. I know that I've read something, some stuff about it. So I, I've heard about what's going on here. I heard that there's some really cool things that are happening inside of it. And what I was preparing for was like slice of life. I'm not going to be interested. But what ended up happening was it was hijinks and heists and con artists fucking yeah, this with is, each other. This is a heist, con, twisty, comedy thriller. Yes. And I was not expecting that. And because of that, I think that it messed with me to the point where I was just like, I don't want to watch this right now i want to set this down and i want to pick it back up when i'm prepared to ingest it like a movie and i i think that it's one of those that's going to be like that because yeah it's very movie like 
Yeah, and I think the biggest reason why I felt like that is the same reason um, why if you've if you ever sit down with me um, with a, like an anime series or sit down with me with watching like a television series, I'll just go and I'll just want to keep on watching, keep on watching, and keep on watching it. With movies, though, I have to be in a specific headspace with it, and I don't know why that is. I think it's just because I'm invested in the moment of the movie, and I have to be in the right headspace like to take in the subject matter. Um, like One of my favorite movies of all time, and it's super sad, and I know um, it's Requiem for a Dream, and the reason why I love it so much is that it's beautifully done. Um, it's also incredibly sad. Um, it also has like a, a very, very tragic and really upsetting subject matter and uh, just be prepared for that if you've ever heard that movie and you're not prepared for a Darren Aronofsky movie. But it's not one of those movies where I would say, I want to go and watch this on my spare time. No, it's not one of those things. And I am not, I am not, I don't feel like that with movies all of the time, um, but especially movies that are like heist or they feel like they have to uh, jump into a super serious thing, or um, they're an action comedy movie. And I don't know why those things I have to be in a very specific mood to enjoy, but it's, it's, it's like, it really messes with the way that I consume this sort of media. And this show felt so much like a movie that I was just like, I gotta, I have to be in the right headspace for it. And I'm probably going to have to watch it in one shot if I'm going to watch all of this. Um, yeah, that's actually or, how I ended up watching it unintentionally because I just, yeah. I couldn't put it down. And I discovered after watching it that the, the series is broken into distinct cases. And so mm-hmm. the first case is covered in the first five episodes. So it's sort of, makes a movie of itself because the, yeah. the first season is 12 or 13 episodes and they are essentially three movies. Yeah. And here's my last thing that I'm going to say on this. And here's the thing that it reminded me of the most while watching it. Um, have you ever seen lucky number Slevin? Yeah, it's been a while, but yes. Okay. So lucky number Slevin, I really loved and it has a lot of this, like once you think, you know, what's happening, you don't know what's happening feels um, and this definitely does that in the same way that if you, if you've watched, you know, um, uh, any, any sort of con artist movie where like you as the audience are also in on the con, um, like I won't give away what happens in lucky number 11, but there's going to be a moment at the end of the movie where you go, what? Um, and like, it definitely does that even in the first episode of the show. And I, I think I think I love it enough that I'm going to, I'm going to pick it up when I get into the mood. Um, but this is definitely one of those where it's just like, I, I did not, I was not feeling it today. Mm. Yeah. But it, I will say, it sounds like your review is almost entirely, this seems like a show I would enjoy, but it wasn't what I expected. So I didn't enjoy it, but that's not necessarily the show's fault, which is honestly kind of my review of a certain scientific railgun. Yeah. So Yeah. yeah, I, loved this show i texted spencer while i was watching it about how good it was and how much fun i was having watching it this it it reminds me and i'm i'm hesitant to say this because some people don't like these movies so if you don't like them don't let that take away from it because it's not identical but this has the air of an oceans 11 kind of franchise movie yeah in that it is you know people who are do performing a heist and are 
it, they had there's a lot of planning that goes into it but there's also a lot of like on the spot improvisation there's a lot of sudden unexpected reveals both from the fact that like this was actually part of the plan all along and also from oh shit here's a real swerve and we need to adjust to this now uh, it has suave characters who are taking it all in stride. It has characters who are hanging on by the skin of their teeth. It's just, if you are into that kind of twisty heist movie kind of thing, this is going to be up your alley. And I love that stuff. And yeah. the, one of the things that I love the most about it is when it has this kind of tone, again, that sort of oceans area tone where it's like, it is not the it's not the bank heist movie where they're trapped in there and it's this like super tense. Will anyone survive bottle episode while the stakes are very high? There is a levity to this that allows you to enjoy yourself and to feel this kind of like breezy fun while also being afraid for the characters sometimes for their lives. And it is just, it was like a blast. It was a roller coaster. I did, I usually set out to watch one to three episodes of these things for, for our Monday pods. And one, it's really hard not to watch all five episodes because it's a, a single distinct. It's a movie. Line. It's definitely a movie. It's it a movie. It feels like and, a movie. And a movie is not a, a huge commitment. And so yeah. I was like, oh, well, five is not that much more than three. And that that way I can get a complete storyline and kind of understand and, and, you know, you retroactively understand things from earlier in the series, especially in these kinds of things where it's a, a twisty reveal movie. And it, it just it was that it, it almost made me think of watching Knives Out recently, which is phenomenal. Haven't seen but, it yet. Haven't seen it yet. Don't talk about it. Haven't seen it yet. Well, the thing about Knives Out is that it is a twisty detective story. And this is not, it's not a detective story, but it's a con story. And so you are similar to a detective story where you're trying to figure out who done it. In a con story, you're trying to figure out how they're going to do it and if they will get away with it. And yeah. this is all of that. And the characters are great. The, the main character is a Japanese con artist who's particularly skilled, but meets somebody who seems to be way more skilled than him, but he's determined to one-up him. Uh, this guy is apparently French, but is operating in Los Angeles. Uh, our Japanese protagonist follows the French Los Angeles-based man to Los Angeles, where he is roped into a con that guy is pu- is pulling, and the show goes from there. That's that's most of your first episode without most of the details of it. You're going to learn about your protagonist and his backstory. He's going to feel like a fully realized character. Whereas your French protagonist is going to be that's like suave, always in charge, never shaken kind of dude where you're like, is this guy literally always in charge or is he just that cool at improv that he just makes it look effortless and like everything is going according to plan when it's clearly not. And it's just, this was just a roller coaster. And it was something that I was just like, I was enjoying so much that I I was tempted to sit and watch the rest of the series in one sitting. And literally one of the reasons I didn't was because I was like, my husband who does not, he doesn't not like anime, but he's just not into it. I was like, I'm going to stop because I'm going to watch this fucking thing with him because it is so good. And it also, the dub is phenomenal. It is such a good dub. And it feels like it. It feels like 
and it feels like a movie in that sense as well, where I'm like, this is an anime where you can enjoy beautiful, high quality animation and a sort of like pop art in the background kind of thing. And like, it's just, it's visually really enjoyable to look at because it's this animation art style. But then the storyline does not include very many common tropes of anime. Uh, And by that, I mean tropes that are largely unique to anime. So this is the kind of thing that, like, if you've got a friend who is not into anime, they probably have a good chance of liking this because this is less of an anime and more of a heist movie that happens to be animated by Japanese people in the anime style. Yeah. Okay. Well, with all that being said, stick with us after these credits. And we didn't forget. Oh, one last thing about Great Pretender. The outro is a... A, a music video homage to the Queen song "Great Pretender" done oh, with yeah, cats. I forgot about that. I forgot yeah. about that. That it's happens very as well. Yeah, yeah, that's an important thing. But anyways, what I was gonna say is, we didn't forget little little chainsaw dog. If you want to be part of our of our uh, of our giveaway of Chainsaw Man number one, you really need to send us a message because if you don't, you won't win. That's true. So, uh, cannot win if you do not play all right see you in a minute blake and spencer get jumped is made by forever summer productions and presented as part of the geekly grind podcast network sound editing is done by rashad english he's our level 13 sound wizard 13 did he jump even more levels he gained a lot of experience by defeating the dark lord of smooth jazz do you mean chuck mangione from king of the hill rashad is the king of the hill now damn it bobby Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Greetings, anime fans. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the editor-in-chief for The Geekly Grind, a place where geeks can go to escape their weekly grind. We're coming up on our fifth year of operation, and to celebrate, we searched high and low for some of the coolest podcasts out there in order to create a new geek-centric podcast network. And what we found were three awesome shows that are sure to be a great addition to any geek's media menu. Of course, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, which is this wonderful show, which features an additional episode weekly now to cover new anime and manga from our friends at Viz and Funimation. You can also dive into the world of comics with Comic Book Keepers, where Chris and Lance chew the fat about their favorite heroes, villains, and comic series, as well as the impact that comics can have on our lives. Finally, if you're seeking a fantastical and fun retreat, Knights of the Rolled Table is an engaging and family-friendly D&D adventure starring talented improv actors. With three fantastic podcasts on the books and more on the horizon, make sure to check out the Geekly Grind Podcast Network as well as our regular content at www.thegeeklygrind.com. We'll see you next week. And until then, make a queen homage video with your cat. Important stuff from Blake Doris.
that's the uh, name of my new podcast.